excellent movie adventures. Welcome to another rendition of excellent movie adventures. It's been a while. Come on. <laughs> and I immediately regret yeah. putting you in charge of it. <laughs> well, today I've got Thomas with me. Hello. Pickle. Hello. And I myself am Zach. The star of tonight's show. <laughs> well, if it's good, yes. is, that, is that how the star is? <laughs> That's how the star is born. Thrust into greatness. Yep, it's determined. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. yeah you, whoever the host if you is. Pick, so if, if you it's pick terrible, the episode, you're the star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if it's terrible, it's all your fault. But it ain't gonna be. Yeah, we'll see. It's not gonna be. Yeah, I don't think it will be. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Thomas burn this like, mother down. Is that a challenge? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll make it horrible. <laughs> uh, did you guys watch anything good this week? Uh, I started watching the show Psych. The TV show came out in like early 2000s. Hmm. Pretty good. Hmm. Um, they and made then, two movies out of that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it's a huge hit for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like it's, There's it's, movies of that? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's at least two. Like done sh- by USA Network, so they're straight, oh, they're TV, they're movies. TV movies. Okay. But yes, yeah. But still, they're like hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. long. So like, I mean, regular full movie. Yeah, but I thought we were talking about like cinema release. No, no, like, no. They made like they made movies. Not no. I mean, TV movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good series. It's but, like yeah. I mean, they earned an hour and a half of TV time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's how long is an average episode? Thirty minutes. Uh yeah no think, they're hour long I think like mm, or forty five minutes or something like that yeah, they're, they're like forty they're fairly short so when they aired live on TV commercials yeah. so it's an hour yeah yeah, yeah. I think Still. originally the first couple episodes might have only been thirty minutes like maybe the first season hmm. something like that it seemed like yeah they could only be maybe they could only I can't remember it seemed short it, it aired on USA Network and I'm trying to remember if they were hour long or half hour segments. It could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's pretty good. I don't um, remember anything about that show, so I didn't say anything about I it. I heard it did really well. In yeah. fact, that's the reason why they did. I think they did their first movie they, like two years after it went off air. Yeah. Because so, the fans were demanding something. Yeah, and then it was a huge hit. So then they came back and did another couple, three seasons, something like that, and then did another movie. And I, there's talk of it being redone again. Huh. But I don't think it will. So it's pretty good. Um, and then uh, I watched Mosul or Mosul, however you say it. Um, Mazatov. No, the con- oh. the city in the country <laughs> over there in the Middle East. It was really good. It's pretty uh, heavy action and it's all in Arabic. And so oh. you have to do subtitles. So Zach's out. I've never even heard of this. No. Oh. Why did you watch Netflix. Watch all my shows with subtitles. It's called Mosul? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, it's about the these guys, uh, the SWAT team for the country that are going through and they're fighting off the ISIS and like it's based off real events and real people and how they went through the city and what really happened there is really, really good. A lot of action. And then uh, the ending's a little bit different. It takes a hard left turn. It's still good, but then you know, it was, I definitely recommend watching it. Uh, but huh. there's a lot of violence, um, a lot of blood. But it was pretty sweet. Hmm. They're blowing up Humvees with little drones, like, flying around. <laughs> it was cool. This one part, they can hear it, like, 
up in the sky and they're all looking around for it. Like, where is it? Where is it? We need to shoot it. And then all of a sudden, a dive bomb's next to him and blows up this Humvee. <laughs> Sweet. Hmm. Nice. But yeah, it's on Netflix. Highly recommend it. What about you, Zach? You watch anything? I got a list. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad you came prepared because I had a really busy was... week. So I only watched that episode of that show we all watched, just watched yeah. together. And I also watched this and, one show. People, and the we movie might have we're heard supposed to watch. It's called Top Shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I had like a whole week off of work. So I watched. It's the exact opposite of how my week went. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> um, I watched uh, the first two Fridays. Oh yeah, you told me. Yeah, you were so watch Fridays those. and then uh, Friday after, Friday after next. No, next Friday. Sorry, yeah. Friday and Friday or next Friday. Friday was okay, a little bit different than what I thought it was was gonna be like. But uh, next Friday was really good. Hmm. I thought that one was pretty funny. So what are those movies about? Just people getting together for a party on so, the weekend or what? Literally, the first one is about um, I, Ice Cube and Chris Rock's character. Literally just get together and they sit on their porch and get high <laughs> and watch the neighborhood as it does its thing. Hmm. It's funny. I mean, it has its moments, but it, I don't know. It was all right. Uh, at the end of uh, Friday, he ends up beating up the neighborhood bully. Ice and, Cube? Yeah, Ice Cube does. Sorry, yeah. So you could see Chris Rock doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And... Uh, Anyway, so next Friday starts with he has to move out of the neighborhood because the neighborhood bully's getting out of jail and has made a death threat on him, and so his dad's moving him to his uncle's house. Hmm. And so he has to go be with his uncle. But they're decent movies. Like, yeah. I had some pretty good laughs in them. They're worth, they're worth the watch to me. They're hmm. nothing extravagant that you're going to, you know, think they're the best movies ever, but... So I watched those. Um, crap, what's it called? Happy Gilmore? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I like that movie. I movie. love that movie. Um, the Revenant? Oh, finally. Yeah. Which, oh, you I, hadn't seen it no, before? No, I've never seen it before. So what did you think? Loved it. So good. I can understand now why, uh, why uh, what's his buck got the Emmy? Oscar. Or Oscar, yeah, sorry. Emmy's Yeah, there. Leonardo. Yeah. Yeah, he actually yeah. did really good, I thought. I think he should have won it for something else, but yes, he was good. <laughs> You're not wrong, but he also, I mean, what else came out around that time? Like, what would have been better? You know what I mean? Nothing really. I don't. There were a few other movies, but it was, you know, it was the big. So you're but. right. He should have won one earlier. Yes. for a number of other movies, but I think he legitimately won. I this mean, he one. definitely earned it. But yeah. Mm. I just know a lot of people are like, oh, they just gave him this one to shut him up because he should have earned one before and he yeah. hasn't earned one yet. Yeah. So it's like a, you know. Like they, he gimme, needs to have one, right? But I don't think that's the case. I think he did earn this one. Yeah, well, he, the acting he still he had got to snubbed do. before. You know yes. what I mean? But he did get this one. I yeah. think the acting he had to do during this movie was incredible. Mm-hmm. In the extreme cold weather that he had to do, I mean, eating raw meat and stuff. He, well, yeah, oh. I read up on it, and he's actually a vegan. Yeah, and they that part where he eats the buffalo liver. Um, it's all it, tofu. It well, it was supposed <laughs> to be like a gelatinous pancake Ugh. and they did one scene of it and he was like this looks nothing like what it's supposed to be it's horrible mm-hmm. just give me the litter i'll do it yeah and so when you actually watch the scene there's a part where he actually starts puking right at the first mm-hmm. that's his natural reaction 
I, but, yeah, I probably would too. I'm right? not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody eating a raw liver out mm. of a dead horse is probably not yeah. going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's true. But uh watched that, and then I watched another movie called The Impossible. That sounds familiar. What is that? Um, it's an older movie with uh, Naomi Watts, I believe. The third Spider-Man, what's his name? There's so many. The third Spider-Man? Yes. Tom Holland? Yes. Okay. Naomi Watts, Tom Holland. Um, I was thinking Andrew Garfield. Got him yeah, mixed up. The second um, God, I'm horrible with the names right now. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Ewan McGregor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three big names in it, but basically... Say, you pitch it to us, we'll knock it out of here. See? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but the movie, it's about the, uh, the tsunamis that happened in East Asia. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, oh, the and, family that survived. Yeah, right? and it's okay. based on a true story about yeah. the family who survived. Basically, they, it's the three of those and then two other little brothers. And they basically get separated and then somehow yeah, find their way back. Find their way other. back, and they all survive, luckily. And yeah. Actually, really good movie. Hmm. It's on Netflix right now. Okay. So, hmm. yeah, me and Carrie, hmm. we watched that one last night, actually. and Really good. Hmm. Kind of a tearjerker. Yeah. But... Those are my movies. Nice. Yeah. I was expecting a longer list. Five movies? That's a lot in one week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch any. I'm just giving you my time. <laughs> well, if that's it, I guess we're diving into the the movie for this week. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You're the host. You're the so. star, Zach. Get going. <laughs> Do your star power. I will start it off this way. That this won't be the first time that we touch on this movie, I don't think. Probably not. I probably I can guarantee it won't be. Yeah. Cause I've I feel like we're gonna end up doing all the movies in one. <laughs> so cause this one we are just touching on Die Hard. And the reason we're doing I thought die we were hard, supposed to watch the first couple. No, well, I no, said no, no. I was gonna watch the first two because they're both Christmas movies. Let so. me finish. We're doing Die Hard, and the reason I wanted to do Die Hard is because I want to do non-traditional Christmas movies today. See, I thought we were just watching the good ones, so I watched one and two and part of most of three. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy crap, i got to watch another bunch of these. And then Ashley was like, didn't you just watch four of those? I was like, no, that was Lethal Weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stayed up late last night watching these uh, stupid movies for no reason. (laughs) I had to go to work. (laughs) Nope, I want to talk about non-traditional Christmas movies. Well, I'm upset. And the <laughs> best one I'm of those being... Of them, I probably didn't even need to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'd, I was going to watch the first one. I never got around to it, but I've seen it enough that well, oh, okay. it's fine. Prepare. I thought you were saying you'd never seen the first one. No. I was going to freak out no. at you all of a sudden. <laughs> Just start throwing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Knock over the dry erase board. Yeah. Throw those boxes around. Erase everything in Just Right Die Hard. <laughs> Cancel the rest of the episode. Die Hard Forever. Oh, we're watching. <laughs> oh, man. So, but I, me personally, Die Hard is the best non-traditional Christmas movie out there. But how do you classify non-traditional? Because, like, Krampus, that's not a traditional Christmas movie. Either. Krampus, that's Krampus. traditional. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's a little demon coming to get you. And... Yeah, it's but based it's on Christmas, Christmas folklore. It's, yeah, he's right. Yeah. So I see so where you're Christmas coming parties. from because it's... <laughs> it's not your classical, like, happy, f- right. fun film. Yeah, it's based on different... Yeah, so, 
That's what I'm But I still, I would still classify that as a Christmas That's movie. That's a traditional cl- Christmas. Yes. Right. It's just someone else's tradition. Fair enough. It's my tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorizing children. Um, yes. I think a non-traditional Christmas movie is a movie where Christmas is like, it's not really part of the it's story. A, so it might be the reason why characters reason why are, together are together or yeah. an event happens. It's a subplot. But it has, yeah, it's a subplot or even a non-plot. It just yeah. happens it's to be that a, time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just something to progress the story. Mm-hmm. Right. If that. Yeah. Even. Yeah. So, I mean, in Die Hard, that's the reason why he's coming to yeah. LA in progresses the first place. The story. Well, yeah, but only <laughs> at the very beginning of the story. <laughs> Did it progress from there? <laughs> um, or well, like in uh, Lethal Weapon 1? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a non-traditional Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it just happens to take place around Christmas. None of the events transpire because of Christmas, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, they're not forced to be partners because it's Christmas time or something. You know what I mean? Uh, no, because he shot the people at the beginning, and then he got transferred. Right, but it had nothing but to do with But he was Christmas tree shopping. Right, but it has nothing to do with Christmas. Everything to do with Christmas. <laughs> like, he could have been picking pumpkins from a pumpkin patch. He just happened to be Christmas tree shopping. Yeah, otherwise it would have been he a Halloween been movie. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that... The fact that it's near Christmas has nothing to do with the plot. It's just the setting. Yeah. Yeah. He said it doesn't have anything to do with it. It did. But it doesn't. <laughs> but it did. Because... It's not in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, because he went to the Christmas tree place to buy the drugs from the Christmas tree people, killed them, and then gets transferred, so then he has to get a new partner. That's the whole reason he got transferred to Danny Glover. Because he killed like three or four people. Right, but that has nothing to do with They're Christmas. Like, you're that's like, just a front. You're wild and crazy. Well, no, but that's because he was there with the Christmas tree people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so insignificant, the Christmas tree thing. <laughs> like, you could literally watch that movie and forget all about that. I'm going to side with Pickle on this <laughs> one. Oh, I, I am too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he said it had nothing to do with it, but it does a little. <laughs> Like in Die Hard, I will stand on this hill and die for my point. (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. He's just trying to get. If it's not for Christmas, you have. There's. He's just trying to get rare movie. No, not the bad guys. The reason John McClane is in L.A. is because of Christmas. Yeah, and if it wasn't Christmas, he wouldn't be visiting his family. Seven or eight other people would not be dead, and they could have spent Christmas with their families. He is a murderous monster. (laughs) (laughs) Is he though? No, he's not. <laughs> they could have just given him the bonds and let he's them just, go. He's just he's grasping. <laughs> just trying to make it interesting this week. Grasping for straws here. Every once in a while you grab one. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, let's get this ball rolling then. Start oh, it's rolling already. It is going. Um. I don't know. I really like everything about this movie, for one. <laughs> uh, no, two, I love the opening for this film because it's just, you don't really know what to expect from it at first. Yeah. And I think it really has to do with, like, um, kind of how this movie was made, is you don't really, like, for people who don't know, this was Bruce Willis's first action movie of yeah. any kind. He basically did, like, TV rom-coms, before this. So it really and thrust him into the starlight. 
Yeah, this was. I mean, he was a star because I mean, that was a hit TV yeah, show. But, but you're right. Like this. Yeah, this elevated him to like superstardom yeah. essentially. And when people saw the the trailers for this in theaters, they like weren't excited for it. Yeah. Which actually, before we get too deep into it, I'm yeah, let's see do the numbers. It so uh, its budget was twenty eight million. Uh, worldwide gross was one hundred forty one five million. Wow. And it did, yeah. See, because opening weekend, so I had a slow open. Oh only yeah, six hundred thousand. But by the time the the USA closed at eighty three point five million. But here's okay. the funny thing. So we're talking so about it grew. Christmas. Yeah. This release date was July twentieth, nineteen eighty eight. So they released it in the middle of summer, and they're centered around Christmas Eve, I believe, is when this takes yeah, place. Yeah, Christmas Eve party. Yeah. So, but it brings up the <laughs> lethal weapon point. This has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> Once you get past that opening part, well, that's what I'm saying. Man. And the end credits, the end credits is a Christmas song. Yeah, so is it in Lethal Weapon? I know. So there you go. I made my point. <laughs> I don't think you did. I don't I think you did either. <laughs> Just saying, if Pickle's gonna claim this is a Christmas one, well, so is Lethal Weapon. <laughs> no, I would say Lethal Weapon is a non-traditional Christmas movie. Right. Yeah, we were just debating like what makes it that, and then we were debating on how important it is for Christmas to be part of the plot. And I was saying that it wasn't at all part of the plot for Lethal Weapon, but I would still count it. It's very important. <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, he's on this plane ride headed to L.A. And this guy next to him can see that he's like gripping the, the arm chairs. Yeah. And uh, as someone who doesn't fly very well myself. <laughs> um, Why don't you let people know what happens every time you fly? <laughs> Do you know this, Zach? Mm-hmm. Um, I throw up. Every time I fly. <laughs> really? Every time. I will uh, never fly with you. <laughs> At least not next to you. It, uh, <laughs> it didn't used to be that way. I could do okay. But then one time I had like a really rough turbulence flight. And we were coming down and the landing was not smooth. And I didn't make it. And now every time the plane's taken off, I get like all twisted up and queasy on the inside. And I do okay through the air. But it's, I mean... Your odds are less than 50-50. I'm not throwing up on the landing. So, oh, man. That's so nasty. Like, I can't Like, stand... did you know Ugh. what happens to the puke bag after you puke in it? No. You just it leave it on your there. seat, and they come and pick it up for you. That's what the instructions say. Ugh. Yeah. It's <laughs> disgusting. You can't do that during COVID. You'll get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to fly. <laughs> <laughs> It says right on the bag. You just leave it on your seat Dude, and someone comes to get it. Uh, that's so nasty. And that's a small bag. I'm a big boy. That's not going to keep it all in. Um, yeah, the bags are bigger than you'd think. They yeah. kind of unfold quite a bit. I'm yeah. sure they do, but... Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> uh, anyway, I have personally tried the... Uh, advice given to John McClane in this movie where you yeah. get back to the hotel, you take off your socks and your shoes and you walk around and make fists with your toes <laughs> on the carpet. And I will say this, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> when the guy was explaining it, I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound comforting to me at all. <laughs> yeah. And also it's like after you've landed. Yeah. So that's not going to do any good. Yeah. Like once you're there and you know, you're safe, you're like, Oh, Whew. Better hug the ground so yeah. I don't leave it again. Yeah, you, your nerves aren't shot then. You know what I mean? They're they giving you problems while you're in the air during the landing. 
once you're out of the plane on the ground, you're good to go. Maybe he didn't explain it thoroughly. He brings a little carpet sample with him, puts it down underneath his feet on the airplane. <laughs> well, anyway, um, he tells him he's been doing it for like nine know, years or nine something. Nine years or something, yeah. And then he gets up to get his stuff out of the luggage compartment above him, and the guy sees his gun, and he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm a New York City cop. I've been doing it for 12 years or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like two more than whatever he's yeah. doing or something. And then he just leaves, and he picks up this giant teddy bear <laughs> from... Was that in the compartment also? Was it jammed uh, up there? I don't think so. I don't remember, I don't remember where he gets the bear from. So. But... Check it. Yeah. I can't imagine it just coming down the chute. You know what I mean? Like just a bear, like not not? even in a bag or anything. I feel like it would get ruined. It probably would be, but like, yeah, super dirty snagging on. It was a brown bear. Maybe it started out with polar bear. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Bruce Willis' shirt starts out white in this movie. It doesn't end that way. It's true. uh, Maroon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so. He's getting ready to leave the airport, and he's just going to go and flag, like, hail a cab or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he sees Jay McClain on this limo driver's sign. So he's like, hey, I'm John McClain. And I don't know why, but I find this still funny to this day, that he gets in the passenger seat of the limo. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get in the back. <laughs> well, he like, said he's never been in one. He doesn't right, know how it works. <laughs> you would know how it works. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe he's street smart, not... Regular. Right, but street smarts would give you the information you need to know that people ah. ride in the back of a limousine. No, you'd just be like, that's like fancy guy and with a big car. even in a cab, <laughs> even in a cab, you ride in the back seat. No, you can get in the front. I've done it. That's awkward. Yeah, you're sitting next to a Not stranger. For me. It was for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and he's from New York, so he obviously rides probably in a lot of taxis. Yeah. So you got to imagine that he's always getting in the back seat of these things. Maybe he's sick of the back seat. Yeah, I mean, He wants maybe. a little company. He doesn't want to be so far away from the driver. It's odd. It's so <laughs> odd that he gets in the front yeah. seat. I mean, it's it's fun because you get to meet Argyle, the driver, yeah. and he is hilarious. Um, and even calls him out. He's like, I wasn't expecting you to get in the front seat. Most people ride in the back <laughs> or whatever. And then he just continues to ask him questions. And then Bruce Willis gets, like, kind of perturbed a little mm-hmm. bit that he's he's asking him so much. And he's like, well, I mean, you're the one who got in the front seat, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to drive a cab. People would expect a little bit of chit-chat. So he even references he used to drive a cab. And he's not used to people getting in the front seat. He's trying to break that stereotypical moment. (laughs) I think he's just a... He's a loose cannon. Yeah, he's a loose cannon. He's there to cause (laughs) any kind of problems that he can. Uh, Anyway, so they proceed on down the highway. tells him where he's going. And oh, I should have looked up the name of that song, but there's the Christmas rap. Oh yeah, through the opening credits, mm-hmm. as we follow the the limousine through the city on the way to Nakatomi Plaza, mm-hmm. and uh, they finally get there. He's not so sure. He basically tells Argyle his life story, how he's separated from his mm-hmm. wife, and things aren't going so hot. And so Argyle, the ultimate wingman slash cap taxi driver i yeah. should say basically it's just like hey man go upstairs here's my number to the car, car phone just let me know how it goes if you know if she shoots you down or whatever i'll drive you to a hotel uh if things are going great just let me know and i'll bounce you know yeah. i'll just leave so he pulls into the the parking garage and he's just waiting and he's having a party down there like yeah. i love when they s- switch back to him and he's like 
uh, Bruce Willis is calling him the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when they kill the phone lines or whatever. But he's just got like this music blasting in the back of the limo, <laughs> uh-huh. and he's back there like pretending to have drinks with that giant teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, they show us a lot in the beginning of this movie. Like they really do a great job of, I think, letting you know. One, the strained relationship that he has with his wife. Yeah. What kind of guy he is. Like, he is the kind of person to kind of be socially awkward and get on people's nerves, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess kind of how Holly is, even though we haven't met her yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she's going by her maiden name mm-hmm. instead of the married name. Also, this is another thing I've always kind of taken issue with in this movie. So when John McClane walks into the Nakatomi Plaza mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, I'm here to see... Holly McLean or whatever, yeah. and he's like, oh, just type it in on the keypad. And so he's typing in the name, and it's not there. So he goes to G, and it's under Gennaro. So he clicks on it, and then the guy goes, oh, uh, she's at the Christmas party. They're the only people left in the building. They're on the 30th floor. If you know they're the only people left in the building, why are you making him right? key it in? He's got to check in. You don't want some <laughs> random stranger going But in. he doesn't check in. He just clicks on the person's name, and it tells them where in the building that person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... If you're just some random person trying to get in there and you have to type someone's name, you're just... You could just click any name. Yeah, it might not work that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is possible that if you were, like, just trying to get into the building, you could click a name of someone who's not there. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of this building is under construction. You know yeah. what I mean? So how many people are going to be there? And the chances of, like, somebody just randomly showing up <laughs> on a day where there are only people working are the people who are there for a Christmas party? You never know. Like, I don't know. It just seemed <laughs> silly that this guy isn't just like, oh, you heading to the Christmas party? It's on the 30th floor. Maybe Instead, after he, he, like, stops him and makes him go through all this rigmarole. It, protocols are there for a reason, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You got protocols at your work? He's got protocols at his work. <laughs> well, anyway. I ain't got protocols in my work. It shows. It's chaos in there. <laughs> so now we see that she's going by a different name because it wasn't under McLean. Right? Yeah. And he's obviously upset at that. He think he even, like, rolls his eyes or whatever, yeah. you know. So he gets in the elevator. He goes up to the party. Oh, also, I love when he lands at the airport and that stranger runs up and kisses him on the cheek. Did you guys catch oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, that's when he first goes into the party. It is in that party because yeah. he's drunk. At the, at the airport, though, somebody runs past him yeah. and, like, almost runs right into him, <laughs> that girl, to go hug that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, shaking his head about it. And then, yeah, when he first ro- walks in there, somebody ch- kisses him yeah. on the cheek. And he's just, like, hating L.A. <laughs> like, you can tell he does not like being there. Hates all that sunshine and happy, nice <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> oh, man. So... Anyway, he finally is wandering through there, and Holly's boss, Mr. Takagi, spots him and uh, basically finds out, you know, who he is or whatever, and is going to take him back there. We also get introduced to the character Ellis. Yes. Right then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then not a lot of time passes between when they first meet him and they're out in the hallway, and then... He goes to the... Uh, are they walking back to the office? They walk into the office. He's there doing coke off of right. the desk. Yeah. That's when he's introduced. Okay. And John McClane, when he's leaving, he goes, uh, you missed a little, and he starts rubbing his nose. Yeah. And it's, like, still all over the yeah. desk. Like, it's very <laughs> obvious. He does a terrible job doing. of wiping it off. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, got your own why desk. Why wouldn't Takagi just... 
yeah, that's. I have a number of questions about this Ellis person. <laughs> One, he's no good. But two, obviously, yeah, he's just. He's the kind of guy, like, from the minute you meet him, you just want to punch him in the face. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the point of the character. Mm-hmm. But it's like, one, you're openly, like, hitting on this... You're you're hitting on this lady who has told you multiple times that she's married and not interested in, in you. You miss then, that shot you never take. Then... <laughs> Right, but he took the shot, and he tells her off. She's obviously told him off multiple times because he keeps inviting her to come back. Maybe it's just because then, the husband's coming. He's a dirtbag. I'm and, agreeing, but... <laughs> <laughs> then he's in her office doing the coke and yeah. not in his office, mm-hmm. which he obviously has an office. Yeah. And then why doesn't Takagi do something about that? He's he the sees dealer. him doing the coke, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing it in yeah. from, from the triads or yeah. something. He's, it's family it's, connection. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas party. Anything goes. Yeah. Oh, man. Anything? I guess so. Yeah. Anything. An, have you ever been to an L.A. Christmas party? No. All right, then. Have you? No. <laughs> I assume it's like this every Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, man. And anyway, then he proceeds <clears throat> to, like, tell John that he's, like, trying to get his wife. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, are you for real right now? Like, you're telling this guy who's a cop and, pro- and is loosely carrying a gun. Like, you can tell he has it. And you're willing to, like, be confrontational with him and tell him, like, hey, just so you know, I'm trying to bag your old lady. You know what I mean? Maybe meant it as a compliment. Like, yeah, man, she's got it going on. I don't think so. He deserved to be slapped with that pistol. That's what I think. I agree. Just trying to... <laughs> Be a devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Holly finally walks in. Uh, Takagi makes that joke about, you know, no, we've been sticking him with spears. Now we're just trying to get to know him or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so then they go to what I assume is her, like, a, a private office or something. Where do they even go? Because they're, they're, like, yeah, in her a office. Yeah, there's a bathroom then, in there. and yeah. Maybe they originally were going into like the boardroom or something. I don't know. Just well, it has through. her name on the door, so that's oh, her yeah, office. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume it's like a private office. Yeah, something it's that weird. she can change into, or maybe it's like a women's bathroom or something. But still, it's weird that he would be like, you know, changing in the women's bathroom. Like, well, it could even be else? one of those places. I know there's some offices that they have a restroom. Yeah. Or, well, well mean, they like, allow a bed you. And, yeah, they like allow you to sleep think, if you're going to, like, well, do overnights and so stuff. I know like, some okay. people in my family are big executives. They have bedrooms like in that. their office. Yeah. They have, like, actual, like, dressing rooms and yeah. restrooms. Hmm. So. Some of those exec jobs makes you, you got to yeah. work for, like, 48 hours straight. Um, anyway, so she's going to go say something to the troops or whatever and then come back and hash mm-hmm. out this nonsense about, her, marriage. <laughs> yeah, their marriage falling apart. Her not wanting to use his last name unless she's signing checks, apparently. Yeah. And uh, so she leaves, and he goes to call Argyle. Um, but while all this is going on, the villains roll up. Yeah, they come in, they go through the front door. Mm-hmm. And they are on the guest list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't type in any names. See? They That's seem what... to be able to figure out where everyone's at. They just walk up and shoot that guy. Yep. How do they know everybody's on the 30th floor? They've done their research. Yep. Also, did you guys catch the uh, the movie Mistake when they all get off the back of the truck? Mm-hmm. 
So later, you might remember Argyle smashes into the ambulance that's mm-hmm. being driven by the uh, the computer hacker guy. Yes. Theo. So that ambulance comes out of the back of the moving truck that they brought down there. Mm-hmm. But it's not a very big truck. It's like the size of like a Penske truck or like a yeah. small U-Haul. So, I mean, large enough that you could put an ambulance in there. But they're all just standing in the truck. There's no ambulance in the back of it. Because they already rolled it out. No, they hadn't rolled it out yet. He doesn't roll it out until later. Because Argyle witnesses Theo pulling the pulling it out of the car. That's why he thinks it's weird and why he starts following him through the garage. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember. I missed yeah. that part, I guess. So, like, they open the back of the truck, and it shows Hans Gruber. Okay. Everybody's standing, you know, Alan Rickman and all of his goons. Mm-hmm. And they're all, like, standing and, like, leaning against parts of the truck. Maybe. And they get out and walk out. But there's supposed to be an ambulance in there, and there's no hear, ambulance. Hear me out. What I was just about to say is maybe that's actually the inside of the ambulance. No, it's not. No. It could be. It's, it's a fake ambulance. The so truck door actually, goes up like this. Ambulance doors go open like doors. It's a fake ambulance, obviously. I'm actually <laughs> reading it right here, and the error, error was actually acknowledged by the filmmakers. See? I caught it. I'm just trying to make this there a little was, more plausible. <laughs> I've seen this movie a number of times. I know. <laughs> a staggering number of times. I've seen it when it's on TV and you're in the room. You mouth the words with it. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, they pull up. They go inside. Uh, they drop off two guys out the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, they walk in, shoot the security guard who's telling everyone they need to type in our names at the computer for no mm-hmm. reason at all. See, he's trying to keep those people out. He and then the other guy check. slides like a flashbang puck grenade mm-hmm. down the hallway, and it explodes. So that guy is just like, the second security guard with the gun is just like, like <laughs> I've always wondered, like, yeah, he's, he's stunned from the flashbang. It definitely would have caught him yeah. off guard, and he probably would have died anyway. But just his, like, reaction seems yeah. really weird to me. It's I like mean, he's, he does look like he's having a heart attack. He That's might have been having a heart attack. Yeah, he might have. It literally scarred him to death. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just always thought his reaction seemed odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, what, 1988 when this came out? 87, I think. See, 88. Acting, 88. acting was wild back then. He could get away with a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so... Uh, He's in the bathroom. He takes his socks and shoes off. He's making fists with his toes on the carpet. And it seems to be working, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like shaking his head in like disbelievement. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he can't believe it's actually working. Or he can't believe he's actually doing this crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. And uh, anyway, they cut the phone lines while he's on the phone trying to tell Argyle. Who knows what? Because he just had a mini argument with his wife before she wa- left the room. But, I think he was just getting like, a, they started an argument, and then they kind of stopped. Yeah. Because they got interrupted. That lady, the pregnant lady came in and wanted her to come say mm-hmm. a few words to the troops or whatever. So she's like, oh, I'll come back, and we'll figure this out or yeah. whatever. But right before the argument started, she was saying that he could stay in the house. Yeah. So I guess he was just shooting his shot. He's like, hey, you can take yeah. off. I'm going to just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I've already upset her. But um, anyway... The phone like get gets gets disconnected and then uh, Argyle's like he's got the number he'll call back or whatever so he just hangs up the phone. <laughs> well, and I love how party. 
is this the part when they disconnect it is when he takes the chainsaw uh-huh. yeah. through the whole thing. And I love it how the one guy's, he's trying as hard as he can to do it all, you know, technical and through the computers and everything. And that one guy just walks up, chainsaw and just goes through everything. And he's like, ah, you just tell the devastation in his face. Cause he's almost like, he knows <laughs> what it'll take to get all that back up and running. Yeah. But. I thought that was pretty funny. Not everyone's an IT person. I know. <laughs> well, also, those two characters are supposed to be brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so, like the one brother always picking on the other yeah. one. Yeah. So that's, okay. that's kind of the dynamic because that's why that guy with the long hair, that's why he's so, Carl, he's so bent on killing Bruce Willis. Yeah. Is because the guy with the glasses the who was like trying to hurry and cut those, yeah. like, the mini phone lines, that's his brother. And Bruce Willis kills him. That's oh, the first okay. He kills. So that's why he's that all makes upset sense. about it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, also, just great casting with these villains. I was going to say, think. we never went through the cast. We should go through that. So, real quick. John McClane is Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. That's the gimme. Everybody knows that. Uh, Holly Gennaro slash McClane is played by Bonnie Bedeli- mm-hmm. Bedelia. I actually don't know how to say her last name. Um, you got Hans Gruber. Is Alan Rickman. Late and great Alan Rickman. Everybody else thinks about some movie. Some little weird wizard Some kid with glasses and a scar. Harry Potter. But I would say that his career-defining role was Hans Gruber. (laughs) When I think Hans Gruber, I always just think of that face. When I think Alan Rickman, (laughs) I always think of the face he's making as he's, like, falling. (laughs) Fun fact about that. He actually didn't know when they were going to drop him, so that's yep. his natural reaction. Nice. Yeah, they were like, we'll drop you on three. And then they were One. like, three, <laughs> dropped him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then they got Reginald Vell Johnson to play Sergeant Al Powell, and he was the Carl dad. Carl Winslow. He was Carl's, Carl mm-hmm. Winslow mm-hmm. on whatever the name of that show Family was. Matters. Matters. Yeah. Um, let's here's, see what else we got. Here's here. one for you. This is a, this is a little trivia. Al uh, Leong, but you can't name what he was from. I don't know who he is. Based he off was the one. Name, he so. was one of the terrorists. I'd have to see a picture. Let me see. Oh, um, Big Trouble was... in Little China. Yes, he is also in Lethal Weapon <laughs> and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Who is he in He plays Ted's? Genghis Khan. Yeah, I was just about oh, to say. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. He's actually, I mean, he's got some pretty decent movies underneath his belt. Yeah, this guy. I, yeah. I recognize his face. I feel like he's, he's been a, a actor by machine gun coding terrorist crony in a yeah. number of films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, well, he's actually in Lethal Weapon, and then he comes back in Lethal Weapon 4 as the same character. Huh. So. All right, I'll believe it. Anyways. <laughs> The question is, did the writers kill him in both movies or just one? <laughs> right? They're like, ah, nobody's going to remember. We sure didn't. <laughs> we'll bring you back again. Ooh, he was also in Last Action. Last in a- look, last, last, action last Action Hero. Hero. There we go. <laughs> last in Action Hero. <laughs> we got to do that movie someday. That'd be good. Um. Anyway, the cast is really good. I feel like all of the... The terrorists are good. Oh, Carl is played by Alexander Godunov or Godunov, something like that. But anyway, he is like a, if I remember right, he was like a ballerina or an ice skater or something like that. And they cast him because he had this like kind of 
off-putting look about him. Like he was like yeah. kind of he grumpy. Yeah, he didn't look like your average like muscle. Yeah, you know what I mean. He, he have this different look about him for whatever reason. But he's great in the movie for yeah, not he, being really an actor at all. Like he was in ba- he was in classical ballet. Yeah, and he was actually one of the lead roles in Swan Lake and another one called Giselle. Hmm. But anyway, he's awesome in this. Yeah. <laughs> like as far as villains go, I almost feel like like Hans is the main villain. Like yeah. He's the mastermind. But it's like the main villain for John McClane really isn't like he doesn't really face off against Hans. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have some run-ins, but he has to fight Carl, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And he's being hunted by Carl throughout the beginning of this film. Yeah. So, I I mean, Hans is obviously the main villain, but it's like a, it's almost like it's a one A one B situation here, you know, where they're both. I think they're both just as important to what's happening in the story, you know. Yeah. And I like that they took the time to give him like a motivation for wanting to hunt him down, aside from hey, this guy's gonna mess up our our heist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like that it's because you know, his brother died. So, I mean, you would be upset and you would want to, you know, get vengeance on whoever that person was, regardless of the fact that you're the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) But does he know he's the bad guy? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) He probably doesn't know he's the bad guy. I would imagine most villains don't know they're the villain. (laughs) With the exception of a few. Like in Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know he's the bad guy. Yeah. He just wants to wreck it. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so they're having their party. Holly's yeah. going to give her speech or whatever. And the elevator door opens and they step out with machine guns. Mm-hmm. And one lady sees them and starts to scream and they just start firing rounds in this into the ceiling, essentially. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I don't know why he, he, he doesn't put his socks and shoes on cause he doesn't have time, mm-hmm. but he does go back to grab his gun he and hears he the runs. shooting, so he... Yeah, he grabs his gun out. immediately, mm-hmm. and he goes to check the door. And then they're coming, and he only has, like, a split second to get out of that room because he's outgunned, yeah. obviously. There's multiples of them. So he waits until they open another door, and there's this some extracurricular activities happening in that other room. <laughs> it takes them a second longer to clear that room because of it. And so he sneaks off and goes into the stairwell. Um, then he goes up a few floors and he's able to basically find a floor that's under construction and decides that he's going to pull the fire alarm to get, you know, people on the way there to, um, help with this terrorist attack Mm -hmm. that's going on. So he pulls the fire alarm. They have control of the whole building, including like the main computer system and the security alarms and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So they turn off the alarm and call it in as a false alarm. So he's watching through the windows and is just like, you know, celebrating that the fire firemen and police are on their way. Mm -hmm. And then he sees them turn off. Yeah. And he just gets like super upset (laughs) as you would. Yeah. Um, And then immediately the doorbell like up for the elevator mm-hmm. bell dings and he runs off. And that's when, uh, I can't remember what the name of the brother is. doesn't matter. He died first, <laughs> but that's when he, yeah, the Carl's brother gets off the elevator because they saw what mm-hmm. floor triggered the alarm. And, uh, he, they go in there to fight this guy 
and uh, or he goes in there to see who pulled the alarm or mm-hmm. what's going on. So I love this, how this movie just has like the standard like oh. insert machine gun sound. Yeah. How there's a bottomless magazine it just goes forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like bah, 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 every single mm-hmm. time. And he just jumps around the corner and, like, sprays the yeah. ground. Like, Because <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> oh, man. And there's, like, no rhyme or reason to, like, how fast the bullets actually come out of the gun. Mm-hmm. It's, like, sometimes it's slower and sometimes it's faster. Depends on how fast you pull the trigger. Or how, like, far <laughs> you pull it. Like, yeah. if you pull uh-huh. it, far, the farther it goes, the faster the bullets yeah. come out. <laughs> it's like a gas pill, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he starts fighting this guy, and he tackles him through some drywall and stuff. Mm-hmm. They end up falling down some stairs, and he breaks his neck on the way down the stairs. So then, he... Uh, Can I just say, I want to get this guy's sweatshirt. When he sends him down the elevator... Says now I got a machine gun, ho ho ho. Right? Oh yeah. I've seen like I don't think I've seen it. Well, I'm sure they make one that's like an exact replica, mm-hmm. but I know that they I've seen them before, like Christmas style sweaters yeah. that say that on them and they have like reindeer See, and machine guns. I'd be happier with just a gray one. Just write it on there. <laughs> like and, a replica. Yeah, yeah, so people would be like, What? <laughs> People like you would get it. Yep, I would get it. <laughs> uh, I actually have a Funko Pop of him on the chair with that written on him, like yeah. in the Christmas hat and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think Lizzie got it for me for Christmas. That's it's on awesome. my it's on my desk at work. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he then decides. Well, I don't have any shoes or anything, so let me uh, steal his socks and shoes. Yeah, and. Uh, they don't fit because yeah. he kills the one terrorist with <laughs> shoes size smaller than his sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super tiny feet. So he kicks the shoes off, puts this guy on an office chair, and sends him down to the party after he writes, "Ho ho ho!" There you er, go, right on Amazon, thirty bucks. He writes, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! Oh, okay. on it. <laughs> you should just buy three of them. Yeah, one in each of our sizes. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. All right, and then. Uh, Anyway, so he sends that down to the party and rides on top of the elevator down there so that he can see their reaction to, you know, this dead mm-hmm. guy. So then he writes the names of everyone on his arm with the Sharpie as they're, like, talking mm-hmm. and scratches out the one guy that he just killed, essentially. And he's trying to basically get a head count for how many of these guys there are. So anyway, then he notices... They pull him out of the elevator. They close the elevator doors. And then somebody else gets in the elevator that they radioed for Carl to tell him that his brother's dead and to get down there. So he's coming down and it sends the elevator up. So he goes up and almost gets squished by the elevator. <laughs> he almost got Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what movie that is? No. Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The first Mission Impossible movie, he's, like, hacking the elevators. Yeah. And for whatever reason, at the tops of the elevators, they have these, like, metal spikes that poke out. And they, like, come out uh-huh. and just go right into his face. Mm-hmm. I think that they should bring him back as the villain for the next Lethal Weapon. Or, not Lethal Weapon, the next, next Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible movie. Like, his face is, like, all cut and scarred <laughs> and stuff. I think it'd be sick. But he didn't survive. Well, we or don't know that. He? We see the <laughs> things like start going after. into his face. It doesn't tell us if he totally died or not. Maybe. He it implies he died, granted. Yes. Maybe. It looks like he probably died, but he could have lived. Maybe after that he grew for his appreciation for acupuncture and became an acupuncturist, and uh, that's what he's doing now. You were just reaching tonight, aren't you? 
got to stretch these arms, man. <laughs> I honestly think that's the most plausible explanation. See, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so he's running around at the top of the building, essentially. Uh, they send him to go find wherever he's at. So he goes up the elevator, mm-hmm. right? And um, anyway, he decides to start, like, kind of getting the lay of the land. So they have now interrogated all the people down there, yeah. and they've figured out who Joseph Takagi is, the guy who runs the company. So they take him to interrogate him to get the codes to their safe, mm-hmm. essentially, which is huge. Yeah. Anyway, they're talking to him. They're trying to get the security codes from him. And Willis just happens to, like, walk into the room where this is going on, <laughs> and he can hear, like, yelling and stuff. So he gets down and, like, crawls under this giant like display table that they have built with like a model model. of some project they have going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, he crawls under there and he watches them interrogate Joseph Takagi and then just, he doesn't give them the password. So they (laughs) shoot him in the head and blow his brains all over the glass. So he then like, is stunned by oh man this is like super super serious so so he like the guy with a machine gun trying to kill you didn't make it serious <laughs> the first time right but I don't think he was like you know he's obviously like a problem for them like he's there to stop them from doing whatever they're doing and he also attacks that guy like the guy did come to find him with a machine gun yeah. but he and he does jump to shoot him behind that stack of drywall. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there to kill him. But also, Bruce Willis enters that fight. Like, as he comes around the corner, he also, like, hits him with the gun and stuff, you know. So that's a legit fight. This guy's not putting up a fight. He's just sitting in a chair. Yeah. they're asking him questions. Anyway, Hans Gruber means business, so he shoots (laughs) that guy. And so he, like, tries to hurry and backpedal his way out of there, and they hear him scramble. Mm -hmm. So they go to look for him, and he ducks into some other room and gets away. They don't find him. Oh, he locks that door, right? Because Carl goes over and he, like, pulls the handle. Yeah. Yeah, but it's locked. And they decide not to investigate that one locked door for Mm. any reason whatsoever. It's in a conference room. It just could be a random locked door. People want privacy. Anyway, uh, so they decide to move along with their plans, essentially. And uh, Bruce Willis then continues on his rampage of just (laughs) finding stuff all over the place. Uh, Anyway, when he killed Carl's brother, he had a bag with him. So he got the machine gun, he got some cigarettes, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he got this bag that had detonators in them. So then he's like, what's going on with these detonators, essentially? Um, After they kill... Why does he... See, I I wouldn't have had as much restraint as John McClane. I would have been like, what are these things for? And just clicked them. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I'm trying to remember exactly the chain of events. Sometimes I mix them up in my head. So he call. When does he call? Oh, he goes to the roof because he yeah. has this walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah. So after they t- kill Takagi, he goes to the roof and he has the walkie-talkie. So he's trying to signal for police backup to come, mm-hmm. and they recognize that. Oh, where is he? That he's going to transmit the roof. He's on the roof. Go and get him. Yeah. So they send. Carl and two other guys up to the roof to kill Willis. And he's up there 
having at it with this lady who works the switchboard. <laughs> and they're like, Sir. make sure you clear this channel. This is a, a for emergencies mm-hmm. for emergencies over only. And he's like, sound like yeah, I'm ordering pizza. No crap. Like, yeah, this sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> Sir, oh, if you keep this up, we're gonna have to send the police to arrest you. Great, send them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> send them down here to arrest me right now. Send them. Oh man, that's hilarious. So anyway, they, there's they a only. Man. They only take them serious too, because then all of a sudden they get they hear gunfire. They hear gunfire, and they send one black and uh-huh. white, and they don't even tell that guy we heard gunfire. Like well, he they, shows up and he like just waltzes in and talks yeah. to the guy at the front desk, like, "Oh, it's so, no big deal." I read the the facts on it or whatever, and it was they they send him as a code two, which is an urgent matter, but to proceed without your lights on. So almost incognito, I guess. Yeah. Well, he, that's all he knows is just an urgent matter of some sort. He'll get to it after he gets his Twinkie. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I thought cops ate donuts for my wife. Right. She's pregnant. Right. (laughs) Just bag it. Put him in the bag. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, so uh, they're having a shootout at the top of the building. They hear gunfire because Carl and everybody gets to the top of the roof and they start shooting at him. So he's having a you know, firefight on top of Nagatomi Plaza, essentially with these guys. He finally crashes through some door back into like where these ventilation shafts are, I guess. And, uh, he decides that he's going to, he, he's cornered essentially. So he like puts the gun in to stop this fan from turning, climbs through there and then lowers himself down this chute. And then he has to like drop, he, he loses his machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> Drops it down the shaft. Yeah, the strap on the machine gun comes loose because it's holding his whole weight and it's like slipping because it's yeah. adjustable. So he comes loose and he falls almost to his death, grabs a vent, and then hoists himself up into there. And they get to the chute just in time to like see because he has his lighter on mm-hmm. to see the vent, I guess. He flips his lighter on and he's like, Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And then yeah. he turns the lighter off, and they see the light go out, essentially. I feel like those vents aren't very thick, so they probably yeah. could have just, like, sprayed down there and probably gotten him. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't. I guess maybe they don't know how deep into the vent he is. That's why they're the henchmen, not the leaders. That's right. That's right. Makes a good point for once. <laughs> For once, anyway, <laughs> they go down like two flights. Tonight, at least, two, they go down like two levels in to where those vents would have been, and yeah. they're still hunting him. They're looking for him, and I love that how they're like walking along, and Carl's like pushing up on the vents to check for weight <laughs> with the gun, yeah. and Willis just like cocks his Beretta and like just sticks it up against <laughs> the vent, like this is not gonna end well. Like you can just tell the look on his face is like. I'm so screwed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm hiding in this tiny little vent. I have a handgun. These guys have machine guns. <laughs> and that guy has, a, what is that, like an AUG or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I. They must make, like, multiple different versions of all these guns. Because in this movie, it's, like, full auto. And then in some video games, it's a machine gun. But in the most recent Call of Duty, it's a burst fire. Well, yeah. I mean, you can change the selection on it. Yeah. Like, on your rifle, you can do that. I guess that's true. You want to violate a couple federal laws? I know how you can make it a fully auto gun. <laughs> I'm not willing to violate any federal laws. That's a good choice. <laughs> Local state laws, maybe. 
Uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> or am I? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, they get called back down because they're just like, hey, he's, you know, he's in the like, vents now. It, he's not a problem. Whatever. You know, we'll continue to do our thing. Well, somehow they get back to like a big office conference room and Bruce Willis is in there. He sees the cop pull up mm-hmm. that they sent the black and white. And then he sees is, him get back into his car, getting ready to leave. Right. Well, he's having. The, well, he has like a uh, another firefight in that room first. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they yeah, kills, uh, yeah they're guy. still after him. So mm-hmm. they come into that room, and uh, the that's when that guy Marco. I always I don't know why, but I always remember his name because it's not a very he, like, German he, name. <laughs> <laughs> he runs into the room, and Willis pulls the gun on him. And he's like freeze, and he's like. Drop your gun! I, I, don't shoot me! Don't shoot me! Drop your gun or whatever. And then the other guy runs up behind him, mm-hmm. and so he drops to the ground, and that guy starts shooting at Bruce Willis. So Willis, he just dives under this table essentially, yeah, and just starts like spraying, and he gets that guy who was shooting at him. But then Marco jumps on top of the table, and he's like got his machine gun, and Bruce he's like shooting because the table's like a zigzag pattern, so he can kind of see him. Between yeah. like the zigzags and the legs of the table, so he's like shooting at him but missing, and he's like, "Let me give you some advice." I want to say essay, but I don't think he actually says that because he's supposed to be German. <laughs> I don't know why, but he's like, "Let me give you some advice. Next time you have the opportunity to shoot someone, don't hesitate." <laughs> like he doesn't sound like a German, yeah. that guy. So anyway, he's laying under the table, like just looking for an escape, and then he's like, he just takes the guy's advice and just starts yeah. shooting his gun through the table. And so you just see him get shot, like, all in the legs, which I don't think would kill him, just taking a bunch of bullets in the leg. You get a femoral artery. Well, right, but would you die that quickly? You, yeah, you can bleed out in, like, 30 seconds. Right, but that was way less than 30 seconds. That's, like, one hit. But if you hit him multiple times, way faster. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, it's like lights this guy's legs up, <laughs> pumps a bunch of rounds into him, <laughs> and he falls down dead. So then he gets up and he sees the cop, He's going inside, but then he comes back out because there wasn't any problem mm-hmm. in there. And uh, so he breaks the window, which, fun fact, he was hitting a chair against that window for like would not break. 20 or 30 times. <laughs> it would not break. Jeez. Finally, he breaks it. That's the clip that we see. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hurls a dead body out the window, which lands on the cop car. And he panics and just yeah. <laughs> puts the car in reverse <laughs> and takes off over the edge just of that light. Yeah, because then they they start shooting at him because yeah. they're at the windows too. So now they're trying to stop the cop from reporting it, mm-hmm. which is odd because, I mean, I guess it was just too early. Yeah. That's what they say in the movie. It was just a little sooner than they expected because they mm-hmm. weren't done um, getting through hacking the earlier everything. levels of the vault and hacking the computer system. But they want the FBI to show up eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's their ultimate goal. It's just going to happen a little quicker yeah. than they, they initially planned. But, yeah, they're all just spraying and praying to try to get this guy in the cop car who's backpedaling in the middle, like, a million miles an hour. And I like that that shot, too, where it's, like, just through the window. You can see the reflection as, like, the body gets bigger yeah. as it comes down towards the window <laughs> and then smashes through it. So he takes off. And finally, um, I guess he must take the radio off the dead body. How does he find out what radio channel Willis is on? I guess they reported it. Yeah. From when he called, tried to call it in. Yeah. So they they just knew. But yeah, 
I think a lot of those walkie-talkies just have like a police um, band or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it's weird because they're all on one channel, like the good guys and the bad guys. Yeah, that's true. Because they reference it. They were like, did you hear that? And they're like, yeah, I heard yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> It's It's funny to think back on it because it's like, I guess if you're, so if you're on the roof, it can, the signal reaches the police headquarters. Mm -hmm. If you're not on the roof, it just reaches the immediate outside of the building. There's metal interference. (laughs) It's a real thing. (laughs) Right. But it doesn't stop the signal totally because then Powell is still listening to them outside the building. Yeah. Cause he's super close. It's not going out to the police station. Yes. I mean, he's not like right up against the building. I mean, he's not as far away as the police station. I will give you that, but (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like it would be. Like, they're all still just on one channel. There's a 10-foot buffer, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And why wouldn't, like, Gruber and the bad guys use just a channel that's not that channel? Like, do they monitor all radio channels? Maybe it's only a one-channel walkie-talkie. Oh, it's clearly not, though. It has multiple buttons on it. Maybe they don't know how to use it. I don't think they... They devise this huge elaborate scheme to rob bearer bonds. Like, how do these things work? (laughs) I don't know. We'll just... We'll figure it out when we get there. (laughs) Keep it on station one. (laughs) But Hans Gruber doesn't seem like he cares at all about John McClane for quite a while. So Mm -hmm. I don't think he... Well, it's not until they they, they can't get the... Well, he needs the detonators. So he does care. Yeah, he does care. That's why he's okay with them hunting him at first is because they need the detonators. (laughs) But they eventually get the detonators back because he drops them on the roof. Mm -hmm. So, So, you know, I just don't think he really cares that much so he's not going to change his channel it's one guy he doesn't know he's the super cop and he's going to kill everyone so he's just like meh whatever well anyway he's got a plan he's got to forge ahead with can't change channels and he's going to have to tell everyone what channel he's changing on the radio so then right but you think like you would think they would have done the research to find out like which channel is a police frequency and then not use that channel yeah Maybe it's a CB radio, and everyone can just tune in. Maybe, but CB radios have multiple channels. Nope, just one. No, they have multiple channels. Nope, just one. (laughs) (laughs) I know they have more than one channel. (laughs) Okay. I honestly couldn't tell if you were being serious or not. I was like, dude, I've seen CB radios. I can guarantee you they have more than one channel. They got a lot of channels. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so then the police all roll up. The SWAT teams show up, mm-hmm. and uh, basically the principal from the Breakfast Club is in yeah. charge of <laughs> trying to organize all this, and he's just as big of a dickhead as he was yeah. in that other movie. Um, he refuses to see that the person who obviously... That's probably one of the biggest like flaws in a character is just how stupid this guy is. Yeah. Because someone called this in, right? Mm-hmm. They know that because the radio dispatched Sergeant Powell, Yeah. right? So they know someone called it in and was saying that there's people with guns, they've taken over Nakatomi Plaza, mm-hmm. whatever. He's obviously trying to get them there. Then he's giving them information, like how many people are there. He's obviously trying to work with this other police well, officer. Yeah, but he, I mean, he says it could be just another terrorist and then he's going to get everyone ambushed and killed. Right, but he's telling them not to do the dumb things that are getting everyone killed. Like, yeah. when they're sending in, like, the SWAT team, yeah, but he's it, like, they know you're coming. Don't send in the SWAT team. Like, yeah. they know what's happening, and then that's exactly what happens. Like, if they listen to him, 
they just don't send in the team and no one dies. It's just classic reverse psychology. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is so dumb. I really wish they had brought him back instead just of the reporter oh. for subsequent films. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just an idiot, man. I mean, I guess I don't know. If I'm Well, because the third one has... Is, or no, it's the second one, the airport. They have their own idiot cop there, too. Right. Well, that's, so they don't need this that's, guy. That's in <laughs> Washington, D.C. or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but they don't yeah. need to bring him back for another film. Yeah, that's true. I guess I just would like to have, to see that his, his career ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him get his comeuppance. That guy never gets his comeuppance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway... He refuses to get any help. They're sending in the SWAT teams, all this stuff. Then they're going to send in the SWAT car to, I guess, just smash through the first window. I don't understand what the... Because they still have to go up 30 floors. Yeah. <laughs> like, sending in that car seems Oh, wait, not... no, they bring them all down to the first the lobby. I forgot. Well, all the bad guys are down there to, like, fight yeah. them off. Yeah. But, I mean, they could just retreat up the stairs. And when they're sending that car in, they're shooting a missile out a window. You know what yeah. I mean? Like... And then he's like, hey, let him pull back or whatever. And he Hans tells him to hit him with it again. Mm-hmm. Which also, I feel like we should double check the trajectory <laughs> on that missile. Because it's like it's like he's outside the window, like shooting straight down almost. Yeah. But it's mounted like on a tripod inside the window. Yeah, you lift a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> they bolt it into the floor. <laughs> maybe he's got a big swivel. Yeah, maybe. It just doesn't look like it should be shooting the way it's shooting. Yeah. But... Anyway, they're shooting this car. They shoot it again. So then he's like, all right, well, if you guys aren't going to start shooting the good guys, I guess I'm going to start shooting the good guys. (laughs) So he gets a computer monitor because computers just explode. You know what I mean? It's, you know, 80s computers. They might understand them. Yeah, I guess. So (laughs) he grabs the monitor. Yeah. He grabs the monitor, just straps a bunch of C4 GMs detonators into it, like just every which way. Wraps him to the chair with, I don't even know what, bungee cords or something? Yeah. Or just a power cable from the yeah. monitor. That's what it is. And then he just pushes him down an elevator shaft. <laughs> and they just, I guess they hit the top of an elevator and explode. Because that's physics. <laughs> <laughs> Action movie yeah. reasons. The same reason every car explodes. They just thing, explode. Yeah, it's a thing called terminal velocity. So when it hits that, it's terminal to everyone around it. <laughs> So this computer bomb explodes, yeah. <laughs> computer chair, office chair bomb, and it like blows all the glass out on one floor of this building <laughs> and just sends glass down over everyone. And that main cop is like, yeah, I got a bunch of people covered in glass. And Bruce Willis is just like, glass? You worried about glass? <laughs> I'll tell you what, he should have been worried about that glass, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think there's a lot of good one-liners in this show. It's just random stuff that's action-packed and then just, you know, something funny, just ridiculous. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't remember all the ingredients to the Twinkie, but I know it's Yellow Dye number 5 because yeah. of this movie. <laughs> I also know that it's everything the body needs. <laughs> what does it say? The body or a growing boy needs? I think growing boy. Growing boy. I think that's what he says. Oh, man. I just love this movie. It's too good. Um, anyway, I don't know how much we want to burn through like more of this movie because I know you want to get to like uh, other non-traditional Christmas movies and stuff. But after that, he 
Hans is like upset that he used the detonators. So he's like, what did you need the detonators for? And he's still like wandering around. Mm-hmm. But Hans goes to the roof to check the explosives. I don't know why he wouldn't just send one of his henchmen. He still has plenty of them left, but he goes himself for some reason, who knows? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I missed the Ellis death, but whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hans <laughs> booby. <laughs> I'm your white knight. <laughs> uh, we'll leave that for when we come back to inevitably cover these films. <laughs> anyway, um, and he tells him that his name is Bill Clay because mm-hmm. he sees it on the sign on the wall. Um, and I was, I should have rewound it to pay closer attention, but it seems like he says the name cause he can see it on the wall. But when he's saying Sorry, it, I can know myself, <laughs> but when he's saying it, Bruce Willis is like looking at the directory mm-hmm. to see if it's like a real guy. And he says the name of someone who's on the directory. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, here's a gun, but. I mean, he doesn't load it because he's Mm -hmm. not an idiot. And he hands it to him. And uh, he immediately drops the charade of being Bill Clay and, you know, puts out his cigarette and is telling him that he's going to kill Bruce Willis and they're all going to be good to go. And uh, he can't shoot him. And then more people with guns show up. (laughs) And uh, another shootout ensues, essentially. But after that... They go back, Hans Gruber goes back down into the lobby and he's working on the radio telling the FBI agents who have now shown up like who they want mm-hmm. released. It's yeah. basically just a ploy to buy themselves more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I remember is the Asian Don. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the five members of the Asian <laughs> Don released. And they're like, Asian Don? Like mm-hmm. nobody knows who that is. And then it cuts back to Gruber and he's like, I read about him in Time Magazine. <laughs> just some random groups of people he wants released. Anyway, uh, they want a helicopter to come and pick him up on the roof. So they say they're going to grant their requests. So... They send everybody up to the roof. Um, Willis goes back there to see what was going on. Why was he up on the roof? Mm-hmm. And he sees the explosives. But he doesn't know how to disarm a bomb, you know. So yeah. anyway, he goes to stop everybody and save them and uh, tries to send everybody back downstairs, but they won't listen. The helicopter's on its way, so he starts shooting his gun into the air to tell them to listen. And to be fair, he does look kind of like a a terrorist <laughs> on the rooftop. Yeah. So like get start. So they start shooting at. at him. So he's running again. Cause he's getting shot at. And then they blow the roof. Luckily he's cleared it. There's nobody up yeah. there anymore. And the helicopter already flew by. Well, I guess no, the helicopter goes down too, huh? Yes. Yeah. Cause it crashes in the side of the building. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he ties a fire hose around his waist mm-hmm. and jumps off the side of the roof just as it explodes and then <laughs> smashes into a window on the way down, but not through the window. He just smashes into mm-hmm. it, which I love because that's just his luck. You know, yeah. like he can never, nothing ever goes right. You know, <laughs> like even when he's right after that, when, um, I skipped the firefight with Gruber when Carl shows up to save him, Yeah, you know, and then he picks up a gun, and they run into that room with all the tall windows in the cubicles and stuff like that. And they're, like, shooting, and he is just trying to get away. And he does shoot that one, another guy all through the legs. Yeah. With the machine gun that he has now. And it, like, shows his legs just, like, exploding. <laughs> that one's probably one of the most brutal 
deaths is that guy because he's like his just legs explode and then he crashes through that glass. Yeah. But um, anyway, he's surrounded and they're just like shooting tons of rounds at him. And there's glass everywhere. And then Hans is like, oh, yeah, he's barefoot. Shoot all the glass. <laughs> so they shoot it. And then he just takes off running through all the chaos and his foot's all gross and cut up. Yeah. And uh, anyway, after that is when he goes to the roof, crashes through that window. And then uh, he's, like, trying to, like, stomp his way through that window, and he can't get the glass to break. Mm -hmm. So he, like, pushes off of it and slams into it and then pushes off of it and just pumps a bunch of rounds into it and then smashes through it just as the, like, the spool for the fire hose (laughs) comes loose on the building. And so it falls after he lands in there, and it starts pulling him out because he's landed on a mattress. Why is there a mattress in there? Uh, for it's a another sexy one good of those. Time? It's another one of those sleepover rooms. Yeah, but he's on like he's on like a desk. I don't know. It's weird. Everyone's <laughs> on cocaine. Maybe someone was having fun. It's L.A. Yeah, somebody was earlier in the movie. We're so not going to judge possible. them. They're very free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he last second as he's about to go out the window, cut, cuts loose the fire hose, unties it from himself, saves himself from plummeting to his death. Jump forward in time, uh, <clears throat> goes back up towards the top of the building to try to save his wife, uh, or that's where he's headed anyway, because they've now discovered that Holly is his his wife. His wife, and um, anyway, he's on his way there. Carl finally confronts him, and they finally go at it hand to hand. They're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. They're going at it for a while. They're going upstairs, downstairs. Falling over stuff, through stairs. (laughs) Um, He eventually, like, is choking him over the side of, like, a rail on a large staircase. And he grabs this chain that's on, like, this pulley system on, like, what would you call that? Like, a runner of some kind? And he just wraps the chain around his neck and then just, like, slides down the handrail (laughs) to gain momentum to pull him off the stairs and just hangs him. And he he looks pretty dead at that point. Um, anyways, then he heads up the building to confront Theo and Gruber who are in there bagging up all this money. Also, I have to say that the reveal for when the bank vault opens or not the bank vault, but the vault in the, Mm -hmm. in the building opens is pretty awesome. They're playing that like Christmassy music Mm -hmm. and like it opens and this golden light, like (laughs) hits them all and they're just (laughs) smiling. Like they're so happy that they've opened this vault. Oh man. Anyway, uh, Bruno shows up, and the guy who ran the desk is there, and they ha- he has a machine gun. Bruce Willis has a machine gun. Hans Gruber has a handgun. And uh, anyway, he's holding the gun to to Holly, mm-hmm. Willis's wife, and he's like, "Hey, put the gun down." He puts the gun down, and Holly has this look on her face like she can't kind of can't believe that he put the gun down because she yeah. knows like how stubborn he is. So, I mean, obviously he just still loves her, you know, yeah. or whatever. But anyway, so then the other guy grabs the machine gun and he's like, no, this one's mine. And as he goes to like, shoot him, he's like, as you say, to, how did you say to me earlier? Yippee ki mother. <laughs> yeah. And he says it really goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right. He starts to laugh. And so then they all kind of start laughing. And the funniest thing is like, I get why, Willis and 
Gruber are laughing, but then the other guy is like laughing. He's yeah. but he wasn't there for that. So well, it's he just says like it over this, the radio. He heard it. Oh, I guess he did. Yeah, he would have heard it over the yeah. radio. Anyway, good looking out. That is why. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was like you this find these plot holes and I laughter. keep filling them in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only one you filled in. <laughs> All right. oh, oh, oh. I may have dug a few. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, he had holiday taped a gun to his back and there was only two rounds left in it from earlier. So he pulls this gun, shoots Gruber in the shoulder or something, and then turns and immediately shoots the desk guy in the head and kills him. So then Hans is like stumbling backwards and the shot that went through Hans also went through the window. So it it broke the window and he shoot him in like the chest or something. It's like in his shoulder or something. It's just enough to like start him staggering backwards. Ah, That's why he couldn't hold onto the ledge. Wounded shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, he falls through the glass, and Bruce, like, runs up and grabs Holly at the mm-hmm. same time so she doesn't go through the window, and they're suspended over the edge, and he's holding on to Holly's wrist, basically by her watch. Her watch. That was a that gift from, from... It wasn't from Ellis. Ellis talks about it. It was from the company. Yeah, it was from the company. Yeah. A gift from the company. Um a Rolex. But it's kind of this <laughs> it's kind of this symbol of like why she left him was to have this career. I guess. And then like he saves her and takes it off of her. I don't know. I'm glad yeah. you thought deeply into that because yeah. I did not that <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> I thought the same thing. It kind it's, of it's is. symbolic in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean it yeah, but uh, anyway, he saves her and Yeah you know, flicks the the lock off of the thing. So it comes loose and Hans loses his grip and falls to his death with that amazing face. Yeah. <laughs> that amazing look <laughs> on his face. Um, and I love, they just show him fall all yeah. the way down mm-hmm. and he only disappears behind the other vehicles at like the yeah. last second. You just hear that thud. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so then they're leaving. They obviously encounter firemen on the way down because Willis is wearing a fireman's jacket by the time they get to the bottom. And he just, like, has this moment where he locks eyes with Sergeant Powell, and he, like, knows. Like, they have this bromance. They don't never <laughs> seen each other before, but it's like they lock eyes, and it's like their souls are just, like... Intertwined forever. Yep, intertwined forever. <laughs> Which is kind of unfortunate that he's only in the first two movies, and he's barely in the second one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, huh. It would have been nice to bring him back. Like, what else is he up to? Nothing big. He was doing Family Matters at that time. People leave TV shows to do movies all the time. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like Sam Jackson in the third one, but, like, a little part of me is, like, we couldn't have gotten, like, Sergeant Powell to be the the guy in the third one? He's coming on holiday to visit him or something. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't have got that sweet Jesus joke, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Why do you keep calling me Jesus? I know, he's like, why do you keep calling me Zeus? Because the guy on the street said, hey, Zeus. Yeah, that's my name. Hey, Zeus, not Zeus. <laughs> no, no, you have it backwards. Oh, Zeus. is his name just Zeus? It's just Zeus. And he calls him he Jesus. He calls him Jesus. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, so they lock eyes, and then suddenly somebody screams again, and we, the camera pans, and Carl's not dead, and he still has that same machine gun he's been carrying around the whole movie, and he, like, whips this blanket off of himself and, like, takes aim. Bruce grabs Holly, tackles her to the ground to shield her, and 
Then you just hear like giant gunshots and he's just taking these bullets and falls over dead. And then the camera does this sweet, like sweeping pan so that it like shows the bottom of the gun and the camera comes around to like be level with the barrel. And Mm -hmm. you just see Powell like staring down the barrel of this gun. (laughs) So he saves him. Nice. Yep. And then that stupid reporter shows up and Holly punches him in the face Mm -hmm. and then it plays more Christmas music. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) So, I couldn't tell. Was that Alan Rickman singing the song? I don't think so. I don't know if it was or not. It kind of sounded like him, but I couldn't tell for mm. sure. If it is, you're the only person I've ever heard say that. No. So. Look it up, Zach. Mm-hmm. I might be the only person that's correct then. <laughs> <laughs> what song is it? The outro song. Which one? What's I don't called? know. I don't know what, it's, what song that's it is. That's why we're asking you to look it up. Man. So while you guys are doing that, Nakatomi Plaza was actually the headquarters of 20th Century Fox. Yeah. And the company charged itself rent for the use of the building (laughs) while they were filming. Bruce Willis received a then unheard of $5 million fee. He did actually sing that. So, boom, yeah. Let us know. What? Alan Rickman sings that. Alan Rickman sings Let It Snow at the end of the movie. That's sweet. And the end of number one and two. Oh, really? That's the outro song in number two. Huh. Man, I'm so good at music. (laughs) The costume department had 17 undershirts in various stages of degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. Uh, He actually gave one of his shirts to the Smithsonian. I mean, good movie and all. I don't know if it's Oh, it deserves to be on the Smithsonian. I guess they have a... They have a section Smithsonian, yeah, but... Well, I guess they have a, a section for film and TV. Oh, um, Hart Bachner's line, Hans, Bubby, was ad-libbed. That was not part of the, the script. So <laughs> Alan like Rickman's the... quizzical reaction was genuine because he wasn't ready for that line. It's <laughs> like one of the worst lines in the movie, too. So it's so weird. Like, but it fits the character I mean, it perfect. Fits, but it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I felt gross when he said it. Well, that's the thing of that character. Everything oh, yeah, he says absolutely. is gross. <laughs> That's too funny. I guess Bonnie Bedelia stated that the first thing she thinks of when someone mentions the movie Die Hard is Alan Rickman because the two became friends and had lunch together every day while shooting the movie. I guess the scene where Bruce and Alan Rickman meet was unrehearsed to actually help create like a feeling of, you know, these guys had never run into each other before. So the uh, part where uh, Bruce Willis is running on the glass and all that where he's all bloody. Mm-hmm. They actually made fake feet molded after his actual feet and made him wear them. And so if you watch that scene, they're super, super big, I guess. The scene where McLean falls down a shaft was a mistake by the stuntman who was supposed to grab the first vent um, as it was original, as it originally was planned, but he slipped and continued to fall. Um, but the sh- shot was used anyway. Um it was edited together with one where McLean grabs the next vent down as he falls. So hmm. that's probably why you see him like kind of bounce away. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I've always thought that was just kind of a funny cut. I didn't realize it was actually like an accident. Like I'm sure I, I always assumed they shot that stunt multiple times. Yeah. And then they just used the most the best, re- one. The best looking yeah. one. Yeah. So the, uh, when you're talking about the Hans Bilby, uh, much of the script was improvised. <laughs> And they had to keep tweaking it and rolling with it. <laughs> so it says here, Clint Eastwood originally owned the rights to the novel Nothing Lasts Forever, on which the film is based and planned to star in the film early around the early 1980s. 
So this could have been a Clint Eastwood movie and it would not be the same. I don't know. I don't mind Clint Eastwood, but I don't think it would have been good. It would have been drastically different. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very different. This is one of those things where I just feel like nobody else could have been John McClane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because I know that originally they had also like had the idea of having like a standard kind of like muscle bound action hero guy, you know, Stallone, Schwarzenegger type type people. Mm -hmm. But they ended up casting him for whatever reason. And he feels like just an average guy. You know what I mean? Like he's got the receding hairline. He's got the problems at home with his wife. He takes his shoes off to try somebody's bad advice they gave him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he does all of these things that like an average person would do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he still is the hero. Basically hamburger by the end of the movie. but <laughs> And that means that you too can be a hero in your everyday life. That's right. And that's what you should that's learn the from, from Die Hard. Yep. <laughs> Anyone can be a hero. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was dying is hard. Yeah. Die Hard 2. Die harder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I really have a whole lot of other trivia. I think everyone knows most of the trivia yeah. for this movie. It's such a classic. Um, the top of the building when it explodes and the helicopter smashes into it and stuff, that was yeah. all done with models. Um, It'd be expensive to do the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I mean, you know, CGI wasn't like a big thing back then also, yeah. so lots of things were done with models, but um, it was a pretty big model yeah. that they had to build for it. All right, well, I say we give it back to Zach, and let's finish up with your uh, Christmas thoughts. Christmas thoughts? Well, untraditional Christmas movie thoughts. I'm just going to mention some non-traditional Christmas movies, whatever you guys think. What are some of your favorites that you watch throughout the year? Lethal Weapon. (laughs) You watch Lethal Weapon every year? It's non-traditional. Okay. I I watched it this year. (laughs) I don't know. I think... I don't know. You guys might not agree that this is non-traditional because I think it's more of kind of a traditional Christmas movie. It's just people don't really bring it up very often. But I think Edward Scissorhands is yes. a Christmas movie. I don't no. think it's non-traditional, but I, I think people leave it out a lot. I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, so I, don't I have know if no it's idea necessarily it's Christmas. a Christmas movie. But it's a Christmas movie. I'd say movie it's not traditional. around the Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does take place around Christmas yeah, it time. Does I take know. Place it does take place before and after there, Christmas, but then it snows there every year during mm-hmm. Christmas for him. Yeah, well, and I guess, yeah, she's, it's like, what, Christmas Eve, and she's telling the story of mm-hmm. Edward? Yeah. But, I don't know. Mm. I view it as both. I personally think it's a non-traditional, but if people were to say it's a Christmas movie, I could, okay. I could see the argument. Yeah. For sure. But. Batman Returns? Batman yeah. Returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe this is a 100% Christmas movie, but. But no. uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's 100% Christmas. Christmas. I don't either. think it's non-traditional. I think, but. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like Edward Scissor, or Scissorhands where it's kind of in both camps. Because yeah. like some people might think of it as more of a Halloween movie. Yeah. Which would make it a non-traditional Christmas movie. Yeah. Whereas other people think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I think it has a foot in both camps. Sure. How about Gremlins? Gremlins yes, is definitely absolutely. a non-traditional Christmas movie. I forgot movie. about that. 100%. Because uh, doesn't he get the Gremlin for Christmas? Yep. Yeah. It's a gift for Christmas. Okay. Yep. That's um, right. Small Soldiers. 
Ooh. No, no, Wasn't that, that Christmas time? He gets it for Christmas, right? No, he gets it no. over the summer. Oh. Yeah, okay. he gets them the, to sell in da- his dad's yeah, shop. Yeah, it's, their, it's their summer release mm. or whatever. That's yeah. what it is. And the, the girl next door is there to buy some for her brother's birthday. Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I saw it around but it's, Christmas. They're wearing like cold clothing <laughs> outdoors. Yeah, that's like, what I thought. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to rewatch it. It might could be. It might could be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they say present. That's I Christmas. Would imagine, I would imagine <laughs> that the toy company is trying to get the toys out in time for the Christmas season. Exactly. Christmas. Mm, there you movie. go. now we find out it's set in like july or something (laughs) um i've never seen this but you might know how about on her majesty's secret service Uh, i would say no which might make it a very non-traditional christmas movie i'm just reading off a list of non-traditional yeah it takes place Mm. i don't remember there being any like Christmas implications, though it's been a long time since I've seen it because it's my least favorite yeah. James Bond movie. So yeah. I've seen it like twice ever. George Lazenby's just not a good James Bond. <laughs> Was yeah. it only once anyways? Yeah, he's just yeah. in the one movie. But also, they're, they're like at a ski resort. So there is snow around. But, yeah, I mean, if you're watching it around Christmas time, you're just ruining your own Christmas. Cause <laughs> not Fair enough. Um, I know one of the newer ones, Shazam. Oh yeah, that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. What you about? Know, no one really gave that movie enough credit. It was good. That I is one it. of the best DC movies, actually. Yeah. What about fun. Starship Troopers? Oh yeah, it is Christmas time. Because mm. on the Bug Planet, they are celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Now. Yep. Okay. All right. I can clearly tell you two have thought more about this than I have. <laughs> I literally just saw it on the board, and oh. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I know you guys aren't a fan of these movies, but every Harry Potter movie, pretty much. Oh, yeah, don't they go away for Christmas? They Friday? pretty much, movies. every Harry Potter takes place from, like, September through May. It's like a full school season. Oh. And so there's portions of the movies that where it takes place, place during Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Um, I guess you could. It's, I, I, I it's, could see you making the argument. I wouldn't fight. I wouldn't fight you on it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've noticed actually that Harry Potter movie marathons will actually pick up a lot during Halloween and during Christmas. Hmm. During other times of the year, they're kind of give and take, but they actually pick up a lot during those two times of the year. Huh. Even though there's not a lot of Christmas in the movies, but hmm. yeah. So when I think non-traditional, I think of Krampus. Uh, rare imports. Rare imports, I would say, would yeah. be a non-traditional Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I've never seen rare imports. It's, it's pretty good. Um, basically, evil Santa Claus. Yeah, it's a movie about an evil Santa Claus, <laughs> kind of like Krampus. Only you never actually really see him. Yeah, he's always in this giant block of ice. But essentially, this evil, um, <laughs> like businessman, yeah, is obsessed with discovering the real Santa Claus, and he thinks that he's frozen in this giant block of ice. So. <laughs> He uh, is trying to excavate him out of this mountain. And this kid is like kind of stumbling across it as it happens. And there are these elves that are really creepy naked old men that are just like running around stealing children because they're going to be fed to Santa Claus when he initially breaks free because he's actually Krampus. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of the movie, and the whole thing is in, like, Swedish or something like yeah. that. 
but it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really weird and off, but it's pretty good. It's a good and, time. And basically at the end of the movie, um, evil Santa dies, mm-hmm. and the evil businessman dies, and so the elves don't have anything to do. And so they basically become the rare exports, and they're being shipped around the country to be Santa Claus. So they ship yeah. them all around the world to act as Santa Claus. So they become Santa Clauses. Sounds like a horrible movie. It's not horrible. Okay. I can see why anyone would say it is that. And I, I if you never watch it, I won't blame you. Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds, but it, it's, it's entertaining. I watched it and it was a surprisingly, surprisingly good. good movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Surprisingly good. Especially when you see the, they might have changed the title card on Netflix, but when you see it, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it's still on Netflix. That's where I saw it originally. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I think it was. It was on there for years and years. Hmm. Um, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah. It's actually a pretty good holiday. I, I would dare say yeah. it's a good non-traditional. It's usually on around Christmas time. So. Yeah. Well, every time uh, Caprio calls Hank's character, mm-hmm. it's always Christmas always time. Christmas, every yeah. year he always calls him Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And they always talk. Same thing at the end of the movie. I think when he's captured, comes back, and it's it's pretty much Christmas Eve. I think he comes back, yeah, into the states. But that was um, a really good show. That was a really good show. Enemy of the state. It, oh, it is because it opens up and yeah, he's getting lingerie up, yeah. for his wife, mm-hmm. buying Santa lingerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good show. I like that show. You just like the first couple minutes. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I keep seeing Iron Man 3, but I don't remember. I don't know why, but I don't remember enough of it. When he crashes in that town, it's is it Christmas time snowy. or is it snowy? I don't know or? if it's Christmas time, but there's yeah. snow. That was actually just the ash from him crashing. <laughs> Thirty Days of Night takes place with a lot of snow. Dude, that's so good. <laughs> Not like Thirty Days of Night. I would say that's kind of a non-traditional Christmas movie. I don't think it's actually Christmas. It's not, no, but it's just because the of the amount period. of snow you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, Reindeer Games. Because it's reindeer? I haven't seen that movie in a long time <laughs> with Ben Affleck. It actually, it takes place during during Christmas, and I believe... Oh, does it? I believe they rob... I can't remember, but I believe they rob a bank dressed as Santa's, or I don't know, mm-hmm. or wearing Santa. I can't remember, I but it's been a while, but I know that one does take place during hmm. Christmas or whatever. It was an all right movie. Yeah. Actually, I remember watching it more as a kid and really kind of liking it. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. And then you go back and watch it. And then I <laughs> bought it. It was like five bucks on Amazon. I'm like, sweet. This was like a year ago. I bought it, watched it. And I was like, eh. <laughs> it's kind of a letdown from what I remember it being. Hmm. But um, I would say this is more of a Christmas movie. I don't know why it's in this list, but Serendipity. I don't With, remember. Uh, John Cusack and uh, what's her name? Um, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I romantic. Yeah, it's a romantic one, and it's based loosely around Christmas time, right? Yeah, basically they meet each other. I think they're Christmas they're, shopping. Yeah, she's and getting up, out of the cab. As he's yeah, and they, and they he her, she yeah. ends up giving writing her number down like I believe on a dollar bill. 
Yeah, and it kind of like blows away, and then he finds it again. Yeah, Groundhog's right. Day. Oh yeah, it's not Christmas. There's snow all over the place, <laughs> but it takes place in February. But right it's really after snowy. <laughs> and he learns to be a better person. Yeah. Okay. All right. I might uh, give it to you. Uh, one of those X-Men ones. There's snow in one of those. Like, <laughs> basically, what the grounds for a Christmas movie is, is if it's... Does it look cold? Does it look cold outside? <laughs> if it's cold, there you go. I just think there has to be foremention of any Christmassy stuff in it. Like Mean Girls. There's no snow in that. <laughs> but it takes place. But it takes place during Christmas. They have their little. The, they have their Santa dance at the thing. That's skanky. Uh, well, I'm just saying it takes place during Christmas time. Uh, brought good cheer that. to many young men, <laughs> including yourself. Uh, probably. <laughs> we just went over the criteria, Zach. It's supposed to be cold and snowy. Okay, I'm sorry. Cold snowy films only. I'm just saying, I'm going through this list on IMDb, and it looks like their criteria for a non-traditional movie, That's a Christmas a cri- movie. They actually have that as a category? Uh, mean Girls? No, non-traditional Christmas movies? Yes. What? Yeah, there's a list on here. I just clicked on a list, and it has rare <coughs> exports on it. Nice. Yeah. But it seems like it just depends on your, uh, yeah, depends on how you take it. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Frost. That's a totally traditional. That's totally Christmas. Christmas movie. I thought I'm of just that saying one. It's on the list. I, I thought of it, so that means it's not a non-traditional one. Is that the one with uh, Michael Keaton? Uh-huh. Right. Because yeah. uh, I know there's a horror movie Jack Frost as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Someone watched that without me. I didn't watch it. I thought you did. No. No, I was thinking of the what is it, Snowman? Something. Oh, the snowman. That's what I was. That's thinking a of. good movie. Yeah, someone watched. A little that bit slow, yeah. but it's good. Because he's. I thought snowy. we watched that all mm-hmm. together. No, I've never seen it. It looked interesting. No, we watched. We were we talked about it. No, we watched the yeah. other one. No, didn't we watch the snowman? No, we talked about it. And Who's then in that movie? You had it. Is it Michael Fassbender? Yes. Yeah, we watched that. I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, you were definitely there. Hmm. Or was it the other one? There's, I know there's two of them. There's one that's like a European one. Wow. wow. <laughs> Keep that smell over there. Wow. <laughs> um. Mm. Yeah, the snowman. We watched that one. Did we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, with Michael Fassbender. There's another one I'm thinking of then. There's another one um, with uh, Hawkeye, Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. That's I think we watched that one too, where he uh, finds a girl. That's Wind River. Yeah, Wind River. I've seen that one. Yeah, I think we watched that one together too. I watched that on my own. I watched it at your house. Well, then we watched Snowman because I remember I talked it up really well. Okay. And it was granted a really good movie, but I forgot how kind of slow it is, Mm. and so I do think you fell asleep during it at one point or another. Pulling the Zach. It wasn't me that time. (laughs) It wasn't that good of a movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a really good plot. It just doesn't deliver Mm. as well. (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of his movies. It's a pretty good movie. It's got a really good plot. It just doesn't deliver. Well, it's it's slower. I remember remember the first time I watched it going, wow, this was really good. And then the second time around, I was like, man, this is really kind of slow. It's because you already knew all the twists. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, man. Some movies are just a one-time watch. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. 
But how about then if it's got to be snowy, <laughs> what about Skyfall? Sure. Yeah, I'd say Skyfall. It's got Christmas all over it, man. All right. <laughs> He's gifting those people bullets to their faces. <laughs> Isn't that the one where he goes out into the cab? He's yeah. got the cabin or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's his old place where he grew up or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, then uh, what is it? Jackie Chan's first strike? Was the guys oh, pop out of the snow? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jackie Chan's first strike is definitely mm-hmm. one of those movies. Half of the movie does take place in Australia, but the first half of the movie <laughs> is in Russia, and it's super snowy. Yeah. Dudes pop out of the snow. All right. They're just stuck he in wears, there. He wears like a little seal hat yeah. on his head. Well, <laughs> that so, movie's great. It fun. really is so much fun. If we're going that way, then we might... I can't remember if it's the first or the second one, but how about Triple X? Does it have snow in it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Races down the mountain on a snowmobile. Oh, yeah. That's and true. there's an avalanche behind him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's... I think it might be the second one, Return of Xander Cage. It is because they're in Switzerland? I think right? so. Yeah, and yeah. they go through like I some. I wish they take it back to Switzerland. They stopped making those, so we're good. I'm just saying they should take it back. <laughs> take it back! You've hurt our feelings. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have very many good non-traditional Christmas movies. Yeah, that was a short list. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's not a lot. Well, Let's it's put like it that way. What do you? I mean, that's our definition. Depends of on non-traditional, what you feel. Yeah. But yeah, it's like. Like, I pulled up this list, and the first thing on it is Jingle All the Way. That is a but Christmas movie. Me, well, right. That's not tr- non-traditional. Right. I agree with you. It's 100% a Christmas movie. But, but it's not the cutesy family. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's not a traditional Christmas movie. Do you Touché. know what I mean? Like, All right. It is, when we were, what we were talking about are movies that we associate with Christmas time, even though they might have not have anything, anything to, do to do with do Christmas. With yes. <laughs> we should have gone and watched a... Uh, Fat Man for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to see that. That does look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Freaking Mel Gibson as a <laughs> you know skinny what? Santa Claus killing people. I can separate <laughs> him from uh, what he's said and done. But uh, he's a phenomenal actor. Oh, I can too. I love Mel Gibson. Holy crap. I don't even know what it is he said and done. But Some uh, very anti-Jewish things. Mm. Right around the time he was making that passion movie. Mm-hmm. He's doing another one. Is he? Yep. Jesus Returns. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Family Guy subplot. <laughs> Is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually shows Jesus coming back with guns and shooting people. I was about to say with vengeance, but <laughs> didn't know what. It's either Passion, it's, it's like Passion 2 with a vengeance or passion to Jesus returns or so <laughs> he comes back with guns and starts shooting people. It's literally a family guy subplot. My it's favorite awesome. version of Mel, Mel Gibson is the South Park version. Oh, my nipples. They're so hard. <laughs> my nipples are so hard. You have to twist them. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the movie boops all over Cartman <laughs> or the episode. Yeah. The next, the next one he's making is passion of the Christ resurrection. I believe oh. is what it's called. Anyways. That was a little off. Yeah. That's all right. Jesus still returns in. I'm surprising that he can get the funding to make a movie like that. He's doing it himself. That's what he did the first time. Hmm. Did he? Yeah. I would have assumed he had massive like studio backing. Nope. He couldn't get anyone to help with it. And I think uh, Jim Caviezel yeah. um, actually paid for part of it as well. Hmm. And so that's why he made a crap ton of money off of that. And then I d- he donated a lot of it to like World Aid stuff, I guess, hmm. afterwards. But yeah. Charity. 
Christmas. The, the Christmas <laughs> See, way. There we go. <laughs> it all comes back to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that does it for myself. Yeah, I've been done for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Plug our stuff. It's all you. All right, fine, I'll do it. It's your job. You That's do it every you, week. It is your job. Because <laughs> no one else will. Well. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at excellentmovieadventures.com. You can send us an email and send us some hate mail, send us some love mail, send us a Christmas present, excellentmovieadventures at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at excellentmoviepod. And Pickle and Zach are on Instagram and Twitter with their thingies. At pixadventures. At zvanbeacom. Come and say hi and send us an email. Have we gotten an email lately? I haven't checked. No. I was going to and then it was just, meh. Well, <laughs> so just like, no. I actually got logged out when I got my new phone and I can't remember the password to get back in. <laughs> I'll check it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Ciao. See ya. Yeah.